Welcome to the Bring Your Dreams Alive podcast. Are you ready to bring your dreams alive for real? Check out my Bring Your Dreams Alive audio activations as my gift at meetcorymichelle.com forward slash gift. Now, enjoy the show. Alrighty, welcome to the, the Bring Your Dreams Alive podcast with me, Corey Michelle. And I have such a special guest that I'm so excited to share with you guys today. This man is, ah, uh, he was the, the pivotal point in my journey to spirituality, to higher levels of consciousness, to intuition, to everything. And I am so excited to share with you guys today, Peter J. Hughes. So welcome to the show, Peter. Thank you. It's great to be here. So good to see you again. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So Peter and I met, Peter, do you remember the year? I don't. It had to have been like 2008 or nine. Let's go with that. That sounds good. Somewhere around there. It was yeah. a long, long time ago. And I remember when I met you, I was in a place of, you know, my life really wasn't working out all that well at all. And I just knew I had done a per ton of personal growth and I knew that I needed something else. I know it, it, intuition was the only thing that I really knew. And Peter was having a, a little taster night that introducing people to his work. And I can't remember the name of it. I don't know if you remember, Peter. Oh, the, uh, it was Heart's Desire intro. Yeah. It, heart, it was a Heart's Desire intro. Okay. Yeah. So I went to this Heart's Desire intro because I thought, you know, whatever, whatever was on this advertisement, I was like, I, ha I need to do this. This is the direction I need to go in. And it turns out, like I walk in and I'm like, oh, okay, this looks good. Like, okay, this, this is good. And I sit down and I'm the only one there and we get started and I'm still the only one there. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah. And Peter says to me, okay, this one is just for you. <laughs> so we did the whole intro just with me. And it was such a, such a life turning moment because I really felt like I was on the right track. I was super nervous Right. I was like, wow, this this whole conversation about your heart's desires and everything else is just, yes, whatever this is, I have no idea. But I'm nervous and scared and everything all at the same time. But Peter was amazing. And I ended up signing up for his class and the rest is history. And that was at the Metaphysical Research Society in Denver. So it was a very ornate, temple-esque building. And to be, I imagined to be the only one there must have been very intimidating to be surrounded by all that symbol <laughs> sacred symbology and, and music and lighting. Oh, that was intense. That, that building was uh, very unique. And I doubt there's another one like it in the world. But it was a little, it was intimidating. And I think the biggest reason it was intimidating for me, it wasn't necessarily the building or you, it was that I knew that, that on some level, not a, not a conscious level, but probably an energetic level that I was stepping into a completely foreign, yet also not foreign at all world when I came to that introduction. So, so yeah. So Peter, tell us how long have you been? So, so Peter is a uh, Heart's Desire facilitator and Heart's, the Heart's Desire 
book was created by Sonia Choquette, and Sonia Choquette was her mentor. And Peter's been doing Heart's Desire workshops for a long time, a number of other ones, and offers medium sessions and um, other sort of spiritual coaching and things like that. And he's just this embodiment of, I think, just like, I see you as sort of the, the, the big brother that you go, I need, just need some, I just need some help. I just need some advice because you're so warm and you're so inviting. And the way you facilitated, I know me through my journey was so kind that it really assisted me in being able to see what gifts I have. Absolutely. And the, the distinction um, that I have for myself that sets me up to be a, be that for people is understanding that I'm a facilitator. I used to go by Peter Hughes' professional muse because I'm muse inspires. Um, and to show up and witness people and facilitate and launch is one of the biggest blessings and honors um, for me anyway to on how to be able to serve in purpose. Yeah, I love that about you. All right, so tell us a little bit about your history. Like, how did you get to be um, offering these amazing gifts to the world and because um, you've been doing it a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, my background's in theater as a stage manager, production manager, and director. And I was a professional stage manager in Los Angeles and um, working my way up into a, you know, some really nice positions, getting some really good gigs. And I hit a point where I just was starting to question if I was in the right place. I loved what I was doing. And then I started just feeling a little uncomfortable, started asking some questions in my head, you know, how, why, why, why did you set me up to arrive here and then tell me that I'm not supposed to be here? And then I had an experience one day at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion where I was working for the LA Opera and I heard an external voice say, you're not, you're not supposed to be here anymore. And it was several times in a row, and I just started asking different questions, saying, well, if not here, where? Um, I love what I do. And I was very present to that the world I was working in, as fantastic as it is, and as much as I was learning and the amazing people I got to work with and the terrific projects I got to work on, there was something missing. And my ego tried to identify it as, well, you're not happy. You know, There's something wrong with the culture. And the more I just asked questions and listened and books showed up and I was reading and I was talking to people and rendezvous started happening. And I realized that the universe, I didn't have that language at the time, but the universe was setting me up. It was leaving, it was like ET with the little Reese's pieces, leaving a trail one at a time, make your way up the staircase. And I ended up in Denver on a, uh, intuitive hit, which I, was so strong and clear that I, there was no point in resisting. And, when I arrived here, just one rendezvous at a time, whether it was a Reiki level one training class or James Redfield's The the Celestine Prophecy was really big at the time. And I was introduced to A Course in Miracles. I didn't resonate with it, but I was introduced to it. And then one thing led to another. And as I was stepping up to each, each offering, five more would show up. So master teachers started showing up. And so I was introduced. That's when I was introduced to Sonia Choquette. Not through her business, but by happenstance through a coworker. So all these rendezvous happened. And by that time, I was really good at listening and following the leads. Because that's what I did when I was in theater. You know, you're always going from one job to the next. You're always looking for the next lead. So I was already trained in that. Fast forward to, I'm on Kauai at a translucent U retreat. 
with um, Sonia Choquette and her sister, Cookie Harvey. And Sonia points out during a session that my theater work had set me up beautifully to transition to this healing work. And when I made that connection, I realized that I'm already trained to do this. It's just now I'm working rather than a show with actors and a plot, I'm working with people in their lives and their script. So it was, it was a logical transition at that point. It was scary to your point. It's very confronting when you start to step up to something that's bigger than you are or that you know yourself to be and opens up a whole opportunity for to serve in a way that you didn't even know was possible. And the unknown is, is unnerving, but then you learn to navigate the unknown with enthusiasm. So one thing led to another. And over a period of 10 years, I just found myself with my business and working with private clients and classes. And um, five years ago, navigating a the writing of a book, which has led to three more. So I'm leaving out real specifics because it really isn't about the specifics. It's about the listening, the feeling, a connection to something that's pulling you forward and we may resist it egoically, but honoring it and leaning into it spiritually. Because um, when it feels right, it feels right. And you most, most of the time can't explain that until you've already stepped into it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I just wrote down here, leaning into the unknown with enthusiasm. Right. Yeah. That's like That's one of the key. hardest things to do. Yes. It's one of the hardest things to do, and it never gets easier. It gets more familiar. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a, to navigate the chaos with grace. That's the goal. I remember when I first started channeling before in front of people with a group, um, it was, I, it was like driving a Mack truck down an icy mountain with no brakes, um, hoping just to get to that incline that the, that, trucks are supposed to run onto when they lose their brakes. And then I finally realized that it's never going to get less calm than that. My job isn't to be um, in control of it. My job is to stand up and speak in English. That's my, those are my two jobs when I'm working is stand up, don't fall over and make sure you're speaking in English. So, yeah. And, and, and I was just meditating today about about that thing is does it ever get less intense and spirit's like no no that's not the point the point is you navigate it with grace you know it's like a watching a swan uh glide across a, across a lake it looks effortless but if you have the camera under water that sucker's working hard you know kicking and paddling and navigating so it may look graceful and it may look simple and it may look easy but it's some of the most intense work we'll do because it's divinely guided. It's not, there's no resistance in it. Yeah. Yeah. And that really takes that level of surrender and going, okay, well, we don't have to know. And so much of our, our control freak pops up and says, mm-hmm. yeah. but, yeah. but, but I thought we were going yeah. this way. I thought I was going to yeah. stay in LA. I thought I was supposed to be here. Right. And trusting that. What was, what was that like for you? Or what is that like for you in trusting those prompts and trusting spirit to go, okay. Yeah. Like, Mm. was there a turning point for you when you really started going, okay, I'm just going to turn this over and trust. Mm -hmm. First of all, there were so many things happening that I couldn't deny it. So it was one of those, you you just start honoring what's going on and going, this is too fantastic. I can't, I can't resist (laughs) this. The, uh, The defining moment for me, as far as intellectually was understanding and making the connection that I'm the mess. I'm a messenger, not the message. Mm. That I'm. My job is to be a conduit. 
My part is to keep the channel clear, to honor what comes through, not have an attachment to it, not manipulate it in any way, offer it up as I get it. And so it was, that's part of the surrender. And I remember having in my theater work, having some experiences where I had to tell people some things that they didn't want to hear. And as creative and open-minded as theater people are, they're also the most terrified to step into the unknown. And so I didn't know how to, I knew what I needed to accomplish, but I didn't know how I was going to say it or how I was going to facilitate it. And so I just stopped and said, you know, give me the words. I'll be the messenger. It's your words. You tell me, I will speak it. And I remember the third time I had that experience and it was intense. I felt such a connection, an unfiltered connection to some really beautiful guidance and then when I realized I'm the messenger, not the message, I'm accountable for messaging. I'm accountable for being a masterful messenger. That will keep me plenty busy. I don't have to worry about the content. That's not my job. <laughs> I love it. And that's the way um, your book here, at one minute, Reclaiming Our Humanity, that's, how, that's what you talk about in how it even got written. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that it, it just was coming through and you went, oh, these messages are a book. Yes, and spirits, the universe and spirit are very clever. It was I was six months into the writing process. I was doing monthly articles for my newsletter. I, it was after the 2016 um, presidential election, and I just thought, well, I just want to participate in a way that contributes to moving forward. I don't want to get bogged down in the fear and the frustration and the chaos. So I just started writing a series of articles called "Reclaiming Our Humanity" in my newsletter. One, one a month. One a month for 12 months. So it was a year-long campaign. And six months into the process, I realized, oh, wait a minute, these are all working together. They're building on each other. Oh, dear, this is a book. Oh, no, I'm writing a book. Uh, Okay, that makes me a writer. Have to rethink and rewrite that story. (laughs) (laughs) And to your point, you know, if we just follow and go with it, we'll be shown the next step and we'll also be shown what the purpose is, but we can't know before we step into it or we would never step into it. It's it's that expansive. And so I had to rewrite my story about who I thought I was prior to stepping into this because what the journey was showing me was something that I had not considered before. So it was a, you know, we're always teachers and we're always students. We're always uh, the, the masters and we're always the apprentice. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much because it's so true. And if we try to figure it all out or if we even know, it's kind of like, I, I wouldn't do that or I wouldn't choose that. And, and mm-hmm. once we're there, we, we know intuitively how to deal with everything, right? And mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. whole story, like saying, oh, yeah, this is actually getting really fantastic. The more I'm, I'm a little bit putting words in your mouth, but it's almost like, okay, if I keep doing this, it, it's turning out. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. look at this. And there's the next thing and the next thing. I want to know that I have this question for you because, you know, this this podcast is all about bringing your dreams alive. Uh So my question for you is where are those dreams, those things that are calling us for the, you know, bigger, sometimes it feels like they're coming from the inside, but are they really Uh from your perspective? Okay. That's, that's a beautiful setup (laughs) Two two perspectives on that one. One is if we consider that, Everything that ever existed, exists, and is going to exist in physical, existed non-physically, energetically prior, floating in the ethers until that someone on the planet or somewhere is a vibrational match for it to come through and manifest into physical. So 
all, it, you know, the before, during, and after, everything that ever existed, it exists and ever will exist, already exists non-physically, vibrationally, just waiting for the vibrational match channel to come through. So there's that part of it. Then there's, um, from the soul agreement, soul perspective perspective, there's, we, if we consider that prior to coming into this physical world experience, because we are eternal beings, expansive, a fraction of which gets focused into this physical world, human body experience, we chose like a sushi order, sushi menu. I want three of these and two of these and one of these and two of those, and then some sake. And so we're actually come into this physical world with a map, a plan, if you will, which we, by divine design, are to forget and then remember our way to. And so as we're remembering our way, we're learning to, you know, how energy works, how when we're a vibrational match for something, we're always a vibrational match for something. It's just, is it something we want or something that we don't want? Is it something we like or something we don't like? Um, and once we understand that everything's energy and everything like attracts like, if I start monitoring, managing my vibrational offering, my frequency, I'm going to attract and manifest things that continuously fuel and feed me, fulfill me, and keep me curious and moving forward. I don't have to know. I'm just, my job is to keep working on my vibrational offering, kind of like a radio broadcast. Yeah. Now, what channel am I dialed into and what broadcast am I projecting? Because the universe responds. Always, always, and in all ways. So there's the soul agreement perspective of that answer to that question and then there's how the universe works perspective everything existed non energetically non-physically before it comes in through a channel into the world to manifest into mm -hmm. the physical experience i love i love that answer so much because i feel like for me I, I actually i know for me i was not planning on being a coach i was not planning on having a business i was not planning on facilitating consciousness and all the things that i do and and I was not planning on any of that. That was not a dream of mine, right? And I remember we had a we had a little I don't remember what we called it, but we got together with a, there was a few of us, so we got together and we would we would intuit for each other. We would be uh -huh. like, okay, so what's next? Or we would have a question, and and we would just together this very small group. I brought my favorite people together, and I was like, That's okay. Awesome. I, I want to be more intuitive. And I really felt like I was the least intuitive person. And I was like surrounded by these amazing uh, spiritual and, and intuitive people. And um, anyway, I remember sitting there and I, I, what was reflected back to me was you're going to be on stages. There's going to be a lot of people. There's, there's this, you're going to be traveling around the world. And this was long before any of that even came into my mind as a possibility for me. And it was like that, and I didn't really think about it much after that, but remembering as I was starting to coach and as I was starting to travel and I was starting to be on stages with thousands of people, it was like that I, I could get visions of what you guys told me. And it was like a little peek into my future that you guys could see that I was still remembering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, just like that, a little peek into, hey, here's what's in store if you just keep allowing yourself to follow those hits, allowing yourself to surrender into that, and then adjusting your vibration, which is where I started to learn that from, was from you. And I remember a conversation we had, uh, an aside after a class one night at the Metaphysical Research Society, where you were, you were, you know, you, what's great about 
how you were showing up and how you show up is you're, you don't know. And there's a curiosity and there's a, there's a frustration and a confusion because things are clunky. However, but there's always a leaning into it. There's always a, you know, I'm not going to use this to, to dictate my possibility. I know this is trying to show me something, the scene of which will change everything. And I'm more interested in what it has to show me than I am in buying into that I'm stuck. It's uncomfortable, but I'm always moving forward. That's the energy you brought to the table. And I remember in this one particular conversation we were having, you were trying to figure out which way to go business-wise and, and what to create. And one thing you were really good at wasn't landing and it just wasn't working. And then I you know, I don't know, but I know how to dial up. I know where I'm like a 411 operator. I may not know the answer, but I know where to go get it. <laughs> so <laughs> true. I, me- I remember what came through was you're supposed to be throwing the party. You're a host and your face just lit up. Like, I know how to do that. That's actually fun. And then you just took off. I mean, it, it, it was, it was amazing to hold space and, and be believing eyes for you and witness one step at a time at a time at a time. And one thing that we both know from experience and um, we will continue to learn from experience is that everything in our life is there to support us moving forward. Everything, no exceptions. Everything is an opportunity for us to stop, take a breath, choose once again how we're going to show up, and then use our tools to get into alignment. And we have free will. We'll never be judged by the most generous, loving universe. The universe is a yes machine. It always says yes. It never says, no, are you sure you want to do that? And it's, there's so much love and so much generosity present. However, we get to build our muscles and master the process with each opportunity that our life sends us. So there's no wrong choices. There's no missed opportunities. It's all forward moving. The degree to which we experience that is the degree to which we choose to align with our highest potential, whatever that looks like in each moment. Rewind, rewind. Play that back. Play that back again. Play that back. Especially the part where it says, the universe is a yes machine. Yeah. The universe is always delivering exactly what you're in alignment with, mm-hmm. what you're resonant with, what you're asking for. And it's going to show you all the, th- all the things, too, that are misaligned. Right? Or Yes, and if it's always in alignment, there is no misalignment. It's just either the alignment appe- appeals to you or it doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And if it doesn't, and, I call it yeah. if it doesn't, it's misaligned to what I am wanting. <laughs> yeah. I just say, hey, I'm, look how good I am. I created shit. I'm going to, you know, okay, let's create not that. You know, it's just my projection. I'm the one judging it. The universe is like, but that's what you said you wanted. Well, not consciously. <laughs> well, yeah. universe, yeah, but that's what the signal you sent. There's a, um, I, I reference a law of attraction a lot in my work. And I, my, my definition of a law of attraction has been, we create what we focus on, whether we want it or not. And most of the time we're creating by default because we're not conscious of our chronic energetic projection. And that's great. I get it. It works well for me. And I was guided recently to reword it so that's a little more accessible. I mean, we, we, we started training at a time where we were kind of writing the end of an era. So we learned all this language and this way of doing things. And then <laughs> the, the 2000s happened. And, you know, the, 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 the up-and-coming generations think differently. They hear differently. They process differently. Um, so what I, what I came up recently, and it's the first time I'm sharing this, is law of attraction. We create 
equivalent to what we project, whether we want it or not. Thoughts, words, and actions have energy, the energy of which attracts and manifests a vibrational match. That right there, I really resonated with that because there's no, it's just, it's as simple as you can get with the description of it without kind of feeding an interpretation or or a a perspective into it. It just kind of lays it out there and then then we can talk about what that means because it's different for each person. It always comes down to the same thing, but everybody comes to it from their own filters, their own journey. And the more accessible we can make that that definition and that that topic to people, the more people are going to move more gracefully through their journey to that as a master tool, that mm-hmm. awareness as a master tool. I love that. I love that so much. It's it's always like I'm sitting here just absorbing the energy that you be and just remembering sitting in class for, you know, I I took a number of different classes and just how much I love your energy and how clearly and succinctly you bring things through that make it so freaking simple. Yeah. So, So there's such simplicity. And that's my, that comes from my theater training as a director. When you have, let's say I'm doing a show with seven actors, I've got to facilitate seven people artists with seven different belief systems, seven different filters, seven different objectives, seven different agendas into one vision. And so I'm basically speaking energetically seven different languages at the same time while enrolling everyone toward a collective vision. And I, I remember that, that, that the journey in that and making the connection that that's what I was doing. I made that while I was in my theater career. And then when I transitioned into the, the spiritual energy life shift facilitating work that I do now, I realized I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm multilingual energetically. I can't remember my phone number, but I can speak 12 different energetic languages. <laughs> Yay me. <laughs> and, and for me, I, I love puzzle solving. I love to explore things and figure out how do they work, take them apart and put them back together. So it was a perfect match for this work as you kind of go in when working with somebody. Well, where are you coming from? What do you, where, where, from where you stand right now, what you know about what you know right now, what are, what's possible for you? Now, let me support you in seeing a little broader perspective. We're going to give you a glimpse of, of the version of you that exists without those filters, without those limitations. Just enough for you to see it, not enough for you to get overwhelmed by it. Okay, you said something. I mean, all of that was brilliant, but what I really heard loud and clear was the version of you that's unfiltered, mm-hmm. right? Tapping yeah. it, like being able to see yourself as the version of you that's unfiltered. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so powerful. And one of the things that's beautiful about that journey, facilitating that journey for people, is they say, well, it's such hard work. And I'm, I'm like, yes, it is until it's not. And here's what I mean by that. We come into the world a brand new etch-a-sketch full of possibility. Then we have experiences and we create stories about ourselves. And every time we create a story, there's another filter that we're looking through. Before we know it, we're driving down the highway of life with uh, two inches of mud on our windshield, not being able to see anything. And it's scary. And so navigating life that way is what's hard. When we understand that we have windshield wipers and there's actually windshield wiper fluid and there's a button that you control to use it, 
then we're like, oh, wait a minute. I, this isn't as difficult. It's the resisting that's difficult. It's the resisting that ex- it's exhausting. And then one of the things about the momentum that we kick into when we start to play with these and use our tools and start to master the tools, why the momentum picks up is because we're remembering on a conscious level what we always knew subconsciously is we're designed this way. This magnificent way of being is the truth of who we are. The lie is all the filters we put into place. And there's a reason for that. That's not to be judged as good, bad, right, or wrong. It's part of the human experience. But that's why it feels so good when we kick into it. That's why things um, manifest so quickly when we're in alignment with being uh, cooperative components with the universe in a thriving way. We are designed to thrive. We're born to thrive. It's how we're wired. It's just the degree to which we experience ourselves as thriving is our free will. And that's one of our two gifts from our creator, life force and free will. We will never be judged on what we choose. We will only be supported. So our job is to become conscious of what we're choosing and how we're a vibrational match for what we truly desire versus what we think we're stuck with. Knowing that you're the chooser and (sighs) thinking you're stuck with stuff, oh, that awakening is so powerful and I know it was mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And adding the universal concept and the spirit concept for me personally um was so power so so powerful of knowing that I actually have choice in every moment. Mm-hmm. I never don't have a choice. Oh so good. This is so good. Okay. So next I want to know Tell me, yes. all the, tell me all the tea. <laughs> so, okay, we're talking about these, you know, bring your dreams alive, you know, uh-huh. and you're guided. So we have one dream it sounds like you didn't even know about, which was, you know, coming to Denver and then now facilitating all the work that you do. But are there any others that were either ones you said, yeah, I would like to have that. That's that's a dream of mine or unexpected ones that you would like to share the journey of. I've been married for 25 years. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> He's so great too. Yeah. We just had our 20, 20, uh, 22nd wedding anniversary, but our 25th uh, anniversary together. And we just look at each other and go, okay. <laughs> you know, wow. Wouldn't have thought that before, but it makes perfect sense now. So, um, and then, you know, our, our home and, and, and being in Denver, I, I, I still being in Denver, when I think about, is there any place I'd rather go? Well, there's plenty of places I'd rather go, but I can do that while living in Denver. You know, <laughs> And I think that one of the keys is to understand that home is where the heart is. I mean, that's a cliche expression, but it really is. When you bring our heart to an environment, we make it a sacred space. It really doesn't matter where it is or what it's made of. If the love is present and it's nurtured and it's honored and it's a sacred space, it's amazing how the universe will start going. And then this, and then this, and then this, and it just becomes layered and layered and layered. One of the things we, we um, I'm, I'm getting a hit to go this way. So one of the things we do when we're creating our dreams is that we think we have to understand our dream and what it looks like before we step into the manifestation process. Maybe it's not about the dreams. Maybe it's about being a dreamer. And then showing up in that energy and navigating the world, curious, um, curiosity has enthusiasm to it, enthusiasm of the gods. Enthusiasm is an energy that bumps right up in and into love. And the universe loves a lover. And so when do I have dreams? I have things that I they think that I would like to do. But then I also know, but what do I know? 
I mean, that's great to have uh, goals, absolutely, as stepping stones, but not as destinations. Because mm-hmm. we don't, we don't. There's so much more available to us than we can even think of with our little human brains, and our human brains are pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, but but they're, and they're limited as far as to being able to handle the eternal awareness of everything. It's that's too much. Mm-hmm. Okay, we get it. We get the pieces as we can use them, as we can use them. And the key, I think, is to not to judge where we are in the evolution of a dream because it doesn't look like what we think our dream should look like. Understand, it's a stepping stone. It's a stepping stone. And every dream is really about the journey. The creative process is amazing. It's amazing. That's one of the things when I was a professional stage manager, I, I started getting bored. And I thought, what? I, what's that about? I can't, well, how can I be bored with this amazing job? And I made the connection. I'm a creative being. I love the creative process. Once a show opens, I get bored because then it's maintenance. It's still amazing, but it's maintenance. And I realized, oh, okay, that's where my directing kicks in because I am uh, central to the and key to the creative process and the visionary process. And once the show's open, I'm gone. I'm on to the next one. So it's all about the creative process. Yeah. And oh, then my business, yeah, my business so many, is the same way. Yeah. Say that again. My business is the same way. I don't lock into one way of doing something and think I'm going to write it out for my life. I have a basic structure and that's what atonement offers up is here's some ideas. Play with these ideas and, and consider that by playing with these ideas, you're going to find your way to your version of where this is taking you. I say it's not, it's not the answer. It's, a, an offering. It's a performance enhancing supplement is how I look at it. <laughs> that is such a perfect, I mean, the performance ha- enhancing supplement a- on multiple energetic levels. Cause I'm literally <laughs> sitting here like phasing out, just having this conversation with you. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Like, where are we going, Peter? (laughs) What are we we enhancing right now? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So everybody listening to this podcast, just know that you're getting multiple levels or dimensions of energetic communication here that might land for you in different ways as you move on throughout your life. (laughs) Like like a seven-layer dip. It's all there all at once, but you can only taste one piece, one layer at a time. One little layer at a time. Yeah. Um, I love that. And I love how you said, be a dreamer. You know, it's interesting because I have that same perspective that the the goals are just stepping stones and, you know, the dreams, because two things really, one is the dreams for me are always just showing me like opening the curtain a little bit to say, Hey, this could be possible if you Uh want to get into alignment with it, like that possible. And then I see my life right now and I say, okay, that's already happening. So that's possible. Right. And we go, those little, those dreams or those desires um, I call them messages from my future self. Mm-hmm. Right? Nice. So it's like, hey, if you want to go in this direction, it's available, but you you got to do some work, right? You mm-hmm. you got to you got to do some stuff to and be some stuff and shift some stuff to have that. So tell us a little bit about your your offerings now and your sessions because I've had a, a number of different private sessions with you and I've done your classes and I've come to your mm-hmm. events. All are awesome. So I highly recommend if you're in the Denver area. Get to one of, are you still doing live events? Right now we're still doing uh, on Zoom because Zoom, of Zoom regu- some reg- regulations, but we'll eventually get back into in-person. And I'm also more than willing to travel to be to a an event. If somebody wants to produce one, I'll be there. 
Oh my goodness. It would be such a pleasure. Okay. So yeah. tell people what, like if people are, um, when people hire you, mm-hmm. what, what sort of things do you do? Well, I recently rebranded myself and my part of my journey in that was bringing down the offerings to a manageable list because I was all over the place. <laughs> so some of my services, um, I'll, I'll just go down the list. There's first, there's my, um, email not email, sorry, website, blogs, um, talk story, cafe, and my newsletter that goes out once a month, um, your monthly vibe alignment. And those offer up and offer stories, insights. Um, just, uh, I just sent out the recent one yesterday, uh, today, actually. And the, the intention with those is to give the reader an opportunity to sit with an idea, with a story, with a conversation, and just nibble on it. Just nibble on it because that's where most people are in the their evolution is they don't they're not available to invest uh, time energy and money into an ongoing life changing commitment they're increments they want to do increments and so that's just like putting bird seed out it kind of just lets people nibble on it as as they want it but then when you get to there's the book atonement which is an invitation to individually realign ourselves with our humanity and by proxy represent everybody in humanity in that process. And so then after that, we go to classes and I have my, I'm doing a workshop on the atonement book at one month book. It's a four part series. We actually go through the book and it involves on in the field homework, but also guidance and intuitive guidance and coaching and facilitating along the way. And I divided that into three tracks. So there's a left brain track, a right brain track, and a heart brain track, which is really fascinating because everybody can pick whichever route they want to go with. And then I also do the monthly vibe tune-ups, which is a great opportunity to get together. And we have some basic tools that we revisit um, each month. Then we kind of expand on it given what people want to take a look at. So it's very organic that way. And then I also do um, channeled sessions, which are I call them the couture, the couture of the offerings, where we sit down and we chat with my guides and get a sense of what is it you want to look at. And it's the big guns in that you'll get exactly what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear, but it's done in such a loving, profound, uh, powerful, empowering way that most people just feel seen, heard, and loved like they've never been seen, heard, and loved before. But the, all of it is really about, at the core of everything I do, is a conversation and experience about remembering who we are as whole, complete, and divine extensions and expressions of source. That's at the core of everything. And if we can just begin to tap into just the idea of that, being willing to tap into the idea of that, the mind filters start to step back, self-select out. And so really the, all the work that I do with different conversations and themes is let's talk about the truth of who we are. We're whole, complete, and divine. We, ought, we were before we came into this world. We're here, we are while we're here, and we're eternally that way beyond this experience. And because of that being at the foundation on which I address everything, the work that I do is a, applicable in any situation with any group any genre, whether it's corporate, individual, whatever. And that's the thing I love about how I've landed in my work is that it's all about remembering who we are as love and who doesn't want that. 
And then the channel part is I, I speak the language of the person I'm speaking to. So in order to build word bridges to help them tap into their future self, or at least see it across the bridge and see it waving. Hey, guess what? You get to be this. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Take the next step. Take Keep the going. next step. It's going to yeah. be okay. I hope that answered your question. Oh, that totally answers the question because, you know, I've had a few private channeling sessions with you and they've always been amazingly insightful and life-changing and set me on my way. And the courses I've ever took with you have always been um, just delivered, like we said before, in such a beautiful way that just, it, you know, it snowballs and I still remember things that from those classes and things you've told me over the years have just like really stuck with me. And, and I would attribute it to exactly what you're saying is when you're, when you're speaking, you know, you're, when you're the messenger and you're speaking that, that, that message that that one person needs to hear in that one way at that one time, it, that's truth. And those little truth bombs stick with you and sort of mm -hmm. continue to unravel and explode in different ways. Absolutely. As you move on in your life. <laughs> yeah. And, and to your point, and uh, this was very present when we worked together, is my part is to mirror back to you the unfiltered version of yourself that has always been and is waiting to be remembered. And what people do is they think it's me. They you know, think, oh, it's, you know, you're all this, this, and this, and this. And then I'll say, what you liked, what you saw, what you liked is the version of you that I'm seeing beyond all your filters. Mm. I'm a mirror and you liked what you saw. Let's remember that's who you are and start clearing anything that doesn't support that. Mm. So, 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 so beautiful. Oh, I love that's it. That's a great gig. I mean, I have the best job ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect one for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I love it. I love it, Peter. So let's tell everybody where you can be found. Where can they find you? At my website, peterjhughes.com. That's Peter J, letter J, Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S.com. I have a brand new website. It's a great way to check in and see what I'm up to and get a sense of the work that I do. And I, I always, I've got everything set up so that just by visiting the website, you're basically having a session with me. That's oh. Yep, if that's the way it's set up. And I'd invite people to go to the Talk Story Cafe page. It's the blog page. I do a blog a week. And there's just some really beautiful stories and, and uh, invitations to consider uh, something new or different and or something old and from a different perspective. And they're all presented like we're sitting down having coffee. That's why they have the Talk Story Cafe. I love cafe time. So it's like you're sitting across the table with me and we're just chatting. And that's how atonement was written. Was just like, let's just have a conversation. Let's throw some ideas around. So peterjhughes.com. Then also Facebook is uh, Peter John Hughes. And then I also have an Instagram page, which I believe is Peter, Peter J. Hughes. Or Peter John and Hughes. We'll, we'll link all of those. Yeah, like I, say, yeah. I told you, I can't remember my phone number, but I could tell you what the universe <laughs> wants you to know. PeterJHughes.com. <laughs> you can find everything else yeah, there. There's yeah. Find them on socials and everything else. Hey, I remembered the second thing I was going to say before, mm -hmm. and that is that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Seriously. Oh, I know. There we I'm go. like, I have to say this. I'm watching okay. it fly around. <laughs> <laughs> this 
so funny. Okay. So we were talking about big dreams before. Yes. Right. And one of the things that I learned from you really dynamically was that when you, and I don't ever, I don't have time, right? You can't remember names. I can't remember time. So whenever I was in one of your classes, you were um, wanting to, you were like, I know I'm going to write a book. And so we were, you were having a conversation about it mm. and we all gave you like 20 bucks for your book, uh-huh. for your future book, right? Yes. So there was this beautiful coming together of the future of that. And it didn't happen for a while. Uh Right. But I remembered it. And I'm like, Peter's writing a book. And even though we hadn't spoken in a number of years and things like that, I still had that in my mind that Peter is going to write his book. Peter's going to have a book. Uh Right. And when I found out that (laughs) it was written, I was like, oh my God, it's here. So excited. But that, I bring that into my work now of, of coming together to, to bring that, that future alive. Uh Yeah. Right. With those actions, with that intention. Can you say anything more about um, how that works from your perspective? Well, first of all, the, that those uh, $20 bills that flew my way at that class were set aside. They still are in this little mark. So you have a copy of the next book coming your way. Because that the the book that I was talking about that time happens to be the third and fourth book that are coming down the chute. Oh. So yeah, your copies are are yeah, your your earmarks. I got you covered on that one. <laughs> okay, great. Um, and I remember those those you know the teacher's always the student too, and I think that's one of the things of mastering this whole process is we never know everything, and if we do, it's ten minutes, ten seconds before our last breath. So don't be in a big hurry. And also. Play both sides of that fence. Learn and 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 facilitate and and learn and know and learn and don't know and it's 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 all of it. It's a full spectrum experience. And so in those that moment, I was very humbled. I also was a little intimidated because I, God, now I'm accountable. But there was something very powerful about that accountability because it came from love and it was believing eyes. I was like a, a believing eyes pole dancer that night. You know, here's some, here's some money, here's some money, here's some, and. I, it was sacred to me. And even though I didn't know how it was going to happen, I knew that it was going to happen. And I think that's one of the keys is trust that it will happen. Don't tr- force how it's going to look and trust the universe will show us what it's going to look like beyond what we're capable of imagining in this moment. Attached to the enthusiasm, attached to the love of it, attached to the possibility of it. Because that, that's the journey and the journey really is the richest part. And to kind of go full circle here, when you were talking about that night you came to class and you were the only one there, that was a defining moment for me too, because there I was. I had presented this class and there was one person there. Oh my God, I've totally failed. Or have I? And so I thought, let's see what's here for us. And so you taught me that night too, because you never know who's going to show up. And it may look like the smallest crowd, but it may be your biggest audience. Mm. And it's about the love. It's about the richness of the conversation. And the conversation we had that night, I would have had with 20, 30, 40, 50 people had they been there. And it was focused in on one person who was going to take it and run with it. And so my my success rate that night was 100%. It sure was. <laughs> and look how many people are whose lives are made richer because of it. Everywhere you show up, you're, you know, bringing that to it. Same thing here. So 
whenever we're the teacher, we're the student, we're the we're the facilitator, we're the facilitated, we're the coach, we're the coach e in every given moment. I I say my in my especially in my reading sessions with people, my clients pay me to tell them what I need to hear. It happens all the time. Everything that comes to them like, is I'm so sorry. This was for me. Don't you know? <laughs> but they're like, no, it was perfect. I'm like, okay, good for you, because I got a lot out of this one for, for me personally. So to think that we know everything and we know how it's supposed to be or how it's supposed to go, we only know what we know, and then there's everything else. So be, we're more interested in stepping into the unknown so that we can expand what we know we know, understanding that we're works in progress. We can't get it wrong. We never get it done. And that's so dang exciting when we give up thinking we have to control it or that we can't even control it. Oh, my gosh. 100%. 100%. And I just thank you for reminding me of that. You just brought it full circle for me personally of you know that moment where you're fulfilling on your purpose, catalyzing my purpose and for us that that that's how it works mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right that's how it works and that's why none of of nothing is ever a failure right and it's so many so many people i talk to is like oh, only one person showed up or this not that many people showed up i'm like but who showed up you don't know who that person that's sitting mm-hmm. in front of you what they're going to receive from you or what they're going to get from that or what they're going to do next yeah and it doesn't matter necessarily it matters that are you present and are you there showing up to show up? <laughs> exactly. They showed up. Are you going to show up? Exactly. You know, it doesn't matter how many people are there. Are you going to show up? That's what that's all about. That's what the size of, that's what the audience is there for. It's not about them. It's about, are you going to, they're gifting you the opportunity to make that choice. Are you going to show up? And uh, chapter nine, Katora Spree in my book, there's an action point. Don't judge a book by its cover because it may be the best book you ever read. Mm. Don't judge anything by what it appears to be. Read it, step into it, engage with it, and see where it takes you. And be willing to be shown something you didn't know before. Totally. That's a great way to live life. Oh my goodness! Yes, as yes, and as if everything is working out for you. Mm-hmm. Because it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And if I don't like it, create something else. Show up differently. Create something else. Exactly. But honor it before you let it go. Bless and release. Absolutely. Everything has a, everything's a gift with purchase. Everything. I love that. We will end on that note. Go check out Peter J. Hughes at peterjhughes.com and uh, get on his email list. I'm sure you're going to be delighted with everything that you get to receive from him. And if you book a session, oh my God, you are in for such a delight. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Peter. I so appreciate you and love your guts. I can't wait to see what else, what this actually creates. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. And thank you. It's what a pleasure to spend time with you as always. Such a gift. All right. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of bring your dreams alive. Now, if you're someone who would like to turn your desires into reality, to know how to create anything at any time, to have energetic self-mastery, to tap into your 5D consciousness and bring those dreams alive, check out my latest webinar where I share all the secrets on how to shift your mindset and your consciousness so that you can confidently bring your dreams alive, even if you've been feeling stuck or blocked. Check it out today at meetcoreymichelle.com forward slash webinar.